Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. And with us today, Joe, you want to introduce special guest? Yeah, so we have we have Jake Angeli on the phone, and Jake is the America's shaman. I know that Max, he's been referred to as the Q shaman, the QAnon shaman in the media. Um, we're going to call him America's shaman and just show uh, respect for the fact that he showed up at the Capitol and was highly respectful, prayed, and he just got sentenced to 41 months in a federal jail, and they tricked him to do it. But we have him live. So the, I know people have done interviews with Jake before, but we have him live. Let's, let's not waste any time. And just so you guys know, um, when we bring him on, he only gets 30 minutes at a time, so we're going to get him back on. We've got to go through a deal where we'll bring him back on, and he'll answer questions. And if you uh, have any questions in the comment section, just ask those questions and we'll do it in real time. Otherwise, we're going to let them talk to you and just tell you what's really happening, not what, not what they've told you is happening. Jake, welcome to, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. So, so we missed before, we missed you because I guess you were in solitary confinement. Oh, yeah. I've been in solitary for a little over 300 days. It's uh, it's awful, you know. Um, they when they did uh, experiments and they you know they they did research studies and stuff on what social isolation or solitary confinement does to the brain and to the functional system of neural activity that creates our world. They came to discover that there is no real difference between social isolation or solitary confinement and say beating somebody or depriving them of sleep or you know depriving them of food. So it is it is soft torture for sure. Yeah, Jake, you, you can go back and look at the different votes throughout the recent years in Congress, and I think the majority of Democrats are on the record calling solitary confinement torture. And yet in your case and in so many other January 6th protesters' case, they seem okay with it. So you, you're just in solitary because you were in the Capitol building. You didn't do anything. You didn't get into, into any like prison fights or anything like that. You're just in solita- solitary because you went into the Capitol. I it, I didn't do anything like that. No, I I, I was uh, nonviolent in every way. I didn't steal anything. I didn't um, vandalize any property. I was not violent in, in any way, shape, or form. I was peaceful the whole time. Um, they say that I'm in what is called administrative segregation, quote unquote, which is basically solitary confinement because it's for my quote unquote safety. But when I was in Colorado for the short time that I was there, um, on the day that I wasn't, you know, locked up because of quote-unquote COVID and being quarantined. I was allowed to be with the general population and everything was fine. In fact, they, they were like, hey, come over here, man, let's talk. You're the guy that was on TV, huh? You know, so um, 
I'm not. I wasn't. I haven't been worried about my safety. I think that. I think that it, it, what you're saying is correct. Your analysis is correct. Um, even though you know the, what they're saying is this for my safety. I think that, like myself and many other people that were uh, that are being incarcerated because of their activities on that day, it's it's about sending a message. I think to. Uh, to the rest of America, of you know, if if you step on the government's toes, this is what we'll do to you. Well, I think that What's I think it's right, it's right, it's John. kind of an. I'm sorry, Max. I think it's you know. First of all, I want to tell you that I'm behind you. I personally am behind you, 100. percent And um, I think it's a travesty that you went there for redress of grievances. Matter of fact, there is a video that is out there of you talking that we're here to redress our grievances. Right? We must remain peaceful. Mr. Producer, we do have that video, correct? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got him. Th there's some footage when they're going into the Capitol, and then we have the prayer when he's inside. Yeah. Um, so do you want to start it when they're in the chambers? I want to I start by just letting Jake talk a little bit, because, I mean, he's got a lot to say. Yeah, and, we can play and, it when he's, when he's jumping off. And, and Jake, your, your lawyer, I want to punch him in the face. I know you're a peaceful person. Uh, well, he's not my lawyer anymore. Thank, thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, so, um, I'm, I'm definitely glad to be rid of Al Watkins, that's for sure. So talk about he, that, Jake. He how abhorrently did he, misrepresent. How did he become your lawyer? Um, well, you know, in all honesty, I don't want to get into it too much because okay. I don't know what I'm going to do about that in the future, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, let's just say that I was contacted early on in the whole process when I originally just had a, uh, basically a state attorney, you know, a pro a provide, one provided to me. And um, he, uh, he came to me and said, hey, you know, I'm a federal lawyer. I've been doing this for 33 years, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. He basically well, called so you retarded. In the media, yeah. Oh, dude, I, you know, he 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 abhorrently misrepresented me on more than one occasion, and I, because I've been in solitary confinement, I didn't know half the things. Some of the people, like us, people are sending me letters eventually, you know, saying, "Hey, dude, this is what this is what's being said," you know, and uh, I I was, you know, my some of the things my mother told me, and I was just like, "You've got to be, you got to be kidding me," you know, and uh, to say the least. Um, the my previous counsel it was not representing me the way that I believe that I should have been represented, and he most certainly it seems um, got a whole lot more press and attention than uh, than he probably should have simply because he was my attorney. Well, we have a we have an image of a bit of an interview that he did. I know you know about what he said. Um, we've kind of beat around the bush just now. I want to actually read to everyone what he actually said. If we can put that image up, Mr. Producer, um, the short bus image. I can't open any of the images because you didn't give me permission when you emailed them to me, but it's the uh, the short bus comment. So the actual quote, the actual quote is he said, quote, a lot of these defendants, and I'm going to use this colloquial term perhaps disrespectfully, but they're all effing short bus people. These are people with brain damage. They're effing retarded. They're on the goddamn spectrum. But they're our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, our coworkers, and they're part of our country. These aren't bad people. They don't have prior criminal history. F, they were subjected to four plus years of goddamn propaganda, the likes of which the world has not seen since effing 
Hitler. Now, Jake, the first this is the first time I'm speaking to you, but you don't sound like someone with brain damage. First of all, before we get to that, it is abhorrent for him to conflate brain damage and, and retardation and people being on the spectrum. I can't believe that the left didn't take him to task for this, but you don't sound anything like what he is describing. What was your first take well, when you heard that he was saying this? Oh man, I was I was absolutely blo well. I didn't know the extent of it. I honestly didn't know the extent of it. Um, I only found out after my sentencing. Somebody sent me the like exact quote in a in a like a, a letter, and I was just like blown away with what was said. Um, you know, it, it, the reason why the left didn't take him to the cleaners is because the left likes the narrative that he's spinning. You know, the left, and this is, I think, part of the reason why they chose to use my image so uh, regularly, was because they were trying to create a shock and awe campaign. They needed a face to put with this idea that there's uh, craziness at the Capitol, that there's, you know, a bunch of uh, nut jobs, these crazy Trump supporters going, you know, uh, off the chain, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know... I stood out the most, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, um, they, uh, they needed somebody to to point at and have everybody go, oh my gosh, what's going on over there? You know, uh, so I'm, I'm not surprised that the media didn't skewer him because the media liked his narrative. That's why they gave him so much press, I think, was because they liked his spin on it. You know, it, it's it's interesting you say that, but I actually think he was planted to be your attorney so that they could sabotage and create this this narrative, not just for you, but across the board, so that it would justify the behavior that they have in everything else they've done. He sounds like a Trump derangement syndrome individual, as somebody just said, that he's a severe anti-Trumper. And and frankly, well, you know, the thing is, is that he told me he told me he was a Trump supporter. So the, there's there's the, the, there's a whole lot that has gone on that that I'm not just I'm just not going to speak about um, in the press just yeah. yet okay. because, like yeah. I said, I'm I'm I don't know quite where I'm going to go with this. If you know what I mean, I mean I kind of do, you know. Um, but uh, you you don't you don't misrepresent somebody like that and and just think oh you know I can say whatever I want in the media. He, he said he's apparently according to what my mother told me he said that I was delusional and that I was schizophrenic and in my psyche eval it actually specifically says that I am not diagnosed schizophrenic and that I am not delusional and so when I heard that I was just like what the fuck well, I, well, I'm sorry I, I'm sorry if I'm cussing you that's right. we, we can, we, we can he, believe him oh I'm sorry about you're that. good I, don't worry about it you're um, good okay yeah I you know I'm, I'm a sailor I got a sailor mouth um but I, uh, I was just blown away because I, why, why would my, uh, my, the person that's supposed to represent me to the world say that? You know, and it, you have no idea, you guys, the pressure, the, the unrelenting pressure of having the Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigations breathing down your neck, coming down on you. You got the media coming down on you, using your image, putting words out there, trigger words like racism, white supremacists, domestic terrorists, all this stuff to get people wound up. And all the while they're showing my image. And I'm, you know, and I got my attorney now. My attorney's out there saying all this stuff that isn't true. And all the while, I'm stuck in solitary confinement. I can't say a damn word. 
I can't say anything to anybody. I can't represent myself to the people. I can't do interviews like this prior to my sentencing. You know, uh, the, the, my lawyer had me do one for 60 minutes, and the judge was way, way upset about that, well, you know, way more upset than, than my lawyer told me he would be. So I, I just, I, we're talking about terrain that I had never traversed here. So I had no idea, you know, what to do. And now that my sentence is handed down, I'm, and Lord knows I'm, you know, not happy about 41 months, but I at least have the opportunity to defend myself and to, to set the record straight on who I really am. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want you to talk too much about the appeal because obviously you want to keep that close to the vest. I have to imagine right. that it is a violation of dif different ethical parameters for a lawyer representing a client to be out on national news denigrating the client. <laughs> I have to. I have to imagine that oh. that runs afoul of some of the ethical guidelines. Um, I, I want to talk about the sentencing, but we'll probably get into that after you have to call back in. Um, so we don't have to have that interrupted. So, so there's, there's another part I want to talk about. Did they, did they put a plea deal in front of you and say, sign this and you'll be able to see your, your grandfather? No, no, that was not what was said. Um, I'll just say that my attorney at the time made it seem that way. And that's pretty much where I'll leave it. Um, but, uh, you know, dude, I just heard they yeah, tricked I'll just you. put it this way, you guys. Well, I I'll just put it this way. Uh, there's so much that I don't, because it's the legal issue that is still in some ways somewhat active, yeah. there's so much that I don't per se know what I should say or what I shouldn't, but there will come a time in the future where I write a tell-all book and I tell everybody every nice little detail of what was happening, when I heard what, what I thought, how I felt, what it was like sitting in solitary confinement, what it was like uh, growing up the way I grew up to, to, to uh, you know, that got me to the place where I'm, you know, all of a sudden I find myself in solitary confinement. You know, I was raised to love this country. I joined the freaking military for God's sake. You know, what I mean? I, I, I believe in freedom and the Constitution and uh, uh, Bill of Rights. You know, I, I actually believe in American values. You know? So uh, I will write a tell-all book. And I am, I'm actually a pretty good author for those who, uh, you know, I don't like tooting my own horn, but for those who are readers out there, I would highly recommend that you check out my book. Uh, it's on Amazon. You can find it. It's uh, One Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion by Jacob Angeli. And I'll tell you that book right there, that book reveals everything. I put over, like, seriously, over a thousand hours of research into that book. I put at least a couple hundred hours, at least a couple hundred hours into writing and editing that book. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is a, a baby of mine, and it's not the first book I've written. It's actually the second book I've written. Um, but the, the second, the first book is a, a, a fiction called um, "Will and Power Inside the Living Library" by Lone Wolf, L-O-A-N-W-O-L-F. Uh, you can also find that on Amazon. Um, but both of those books, I'm very proud of. Um, so I am an author, and I will write like an autobiography that you know starts from you know the time I was born until, you know, I, until now. Well, I tell you, it's, um, I'm looking the book up on, on Amazon right now. I'm going to get it and read it. That way, when next time we have a conversation, I'll be oh, able to yeah. talk to you about it. 
Well, cool. Please let me know what you think, man. It's 150 pages. It is a quick read, but it is very profound. It is uh, it is quality, not quantity, in those pages. And you know, it doesn't take it doesn't take very many words to speak the truth. You know, and that book is jam-packed full of truth and concise and uh, condensed format that is uh, it, it will transform the way that people look at reality the way that they look at the nation that we live in the world that we live in and their role in it and the role that they play in the future of our country the future of the world so you said by the way that you joined the military Yes, sir. So, I joined the Navy. Um, I joined the Navy in 2005, and um, I was uh, given a uh, general discharge under honorable conditions in 2007 because I refused to take the anthrax vaccine. So, you know, I was uh, refusing vaccines before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but you did serve a few years in in the military. Yes, sir. I served uh, two years and like two weeks. And you, you, yeah, you, you said you refused the vaccine because before it was cool. Um, we, we had someone on our show a couple of days ago who took the uh, hepatitis B vaccine that paralyzed her from the chest down. And she's been in a huge fight over trying to you know, regain control of her life. Well, the government has basically lied about her in that, in that uh, environment. So, yeah, and the, you know, the the anthrax vaccine had all sorts of adverse effects. Like one dude was crippled due to blood clots in his legs. Uh, one in 500 males became infertile after the vaccine. Um, some people have even died from the anthrax vaccine. So when I read, you know, the stuff that was in it and, and you know, the side effects, I was like, oh, I don't think so. You're like, yeah, I'm not putting it in my body. And only people in the yeah, military have to take it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. Or contractors, federal contractors, you know. And, and the thing is, man, I love the military, but the government has used the, the sailors, the soldiers, the airmen. The, they've used them, the Marines, they've used them as guinea pigs, man. They've used them as pin cushions. And it's absolutely atrocious. You know, uh, there's there's a lot that goes into what has happened in the military that, that you know where they 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 use the 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 people in the military for whatever Congress wants, whatever the president wants. I mean, think about it. How long were we over in Afghanistan? How many people died? How many people are paralyzed or missing limbs, are uh, have brain damage, or have like 90% of their body burned or whatever, all because we went over in Afghanistan? And if you know the truth about what happened as far as the way that that was like a money laundering like filter over there, the way that we were like, you know, growing opium like a mofo over there and using it to uh, basically line the pockets of the pharmaceutical companies. And then all of a sudden it just so happens after we grow a bunch of opium in Afghanistan that there's a uh, an opioid uh, epidemic in the United States because the pharmaceutical companies and doctors pushing drugs on people that don't need it. You think that's a coincidence? No, no. So to me, it's like, hold on a second. Why are we doing the deep state's dirty work? Why, why is that we have the most patriotic, the most God-loving, God, uh, country-loving people 
joining the military, and then they're just being used for for experiments, for for you know the the agenda of a bunch of uh, international bankers and globalists, and and doing their whim in foreign nations where we have no business. I mean, you can say, oh well, Al Qaeda, 9/11. You know, yeah. Look, the fact of the matter is. The American military could have gone over there and kicked the ever-loving snot out of Al-Qaeda and those terrorists in a month or two. But because of the rules of engagement, because of the political red tape BS, we had a lot of people over there, good people, die. And now we have shit. We have now we have a lot of people that are left behind. American citizens, for God's sake, that are left behind over there. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and in the media, they kept saying, "Oh, there's just a, there's maybe a hundred people left." Oh, there's just a, I knew that was BS from the minute I heard it. I knew there was several hundred, if not several thousand, left, and it just so happens, oh, it comes out, oh, there's actually something like nine hundred people. But they were telling the American people, "Oh, it's just like a hundred people left over there." Now, all of a sudden, it turns into nine hundred. No, 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 no. It's probably more like a couple thousand. Okay, and this is this is the the consequence to having the deep state slash mocking, what I call the Mockingbird media, Operation Mockingbird, look into it. It's where the uh, CIA infiltrated all the six major media corporations so that they could have a monopoly, so the government could have a monopoly on the dissemination of information to the public. Okay, and so through Operation Mockingbird, they were able to control the narrative in the entire country and basically control the minds of the American people. And what they did is they used the Mockingbird media to fracture the group mind or fracture the country's mind into a bunch of compartmentalized and propagandized groups that ended up fighting with each other and warring with each other in the country as opposed to uniting toward a common cause, you know, the common cause of freedom or the common cause of real justice or the common cause of of actually doing something about the atrocities in the world, let alone the atrocities here in the country. You know, we still have children starving on the street. I mean, all you got to do is go to Washington, D.C. All you got to do is go to San Francisco and you see all the homeless people. That just goes to show you where these policies lead. I mean, if you want to see what's going to happen to the rest of the country if we just let Washington, D.C. do whatever they want, look at the gun violence in D.C. Look at the homelessness in D.C. Look at the water and how dirty the water is in D.C., Okay. Look at the way that the the city itself is run, and realize that that is the template that they want for the rest of the country. Yeah, they. You know, there's no and, and people that are listening that don't that can't just they can't imagine that it would be that evil. You can't imagine it. You can't imagine that people would be that evil. And so the left goes, "Oh, come on, that's just the conspiracy theories." But it's true. It's true. Well, can I say something really quick about oh, yeah. the, the label conspiracy theory? Okay, so for those that don't know, when John F. Kennedy was murdered yep. by more than one bullet from more than one angle, and the American people were sniffing it and going, "This doesn't, this doesn't pass the sniff test." I don't believe Lee Harvey Oswald shot Kennedy. Uh, the and even Lee Harvey, Lee Harvey Oswald said it was a CIA right before he was shot before his trial, by the way. So the American people were like, "No, no, there's something going on here. There's something fishy." And the media and the CIA used this term conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorist to downplay the very real conspiracy 
that was perpetrated on an American president, okay? And if you look into what JFK was doing, you know, first of all, he was trying to, to uh, get rid of the Fed by um, creating like a silver-backed uh, dollar or silver-backed uh, bonds. He was also trying to uh, uh, get the truth out about the things like anti-gravity craft and inertia propulsion and stuff, the kind of technology that we have. He was trying to uh, shred the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the winds. Those are his words, not mine. He was, uh, he was also, he refused to do things like Operation Northwoods, where the American government would attack a building and attack you have one minute people. left. Oh, I only have a minute left, so I'm going to make this quick. Um, I'll call you back. Um, where he would, he would attack, they, they, they were okaying at the attack on American people in Operation Northwoods. They were trying to attack hotels in Florida and blame it on Cubans so that they could invade Cuba. Okay, so he refused to do all these things, and there's a whole lot more. And so when they capped him, and he got shot from more than one angle by more than one bullet, and everybody in the country knew it. And we all know the term it. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. And yeah. we all. Well, and the thing is, now we do know because now Donald we do Trump know it. Declassified the file, you know, and it proved that Kennedy was shot by more than one bullet from more than one angle. So on that note, I'm going to hang up, and I'll call you back in just one second. Okay. okay. All right. Perfect. And sorry to interrupt, guys. I just do have to remind everybody that today's podcast is, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. If you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, if you like to hike or spend time outdoors, if you like to climb like I do, uh, Colorado's amazing for that. Uh, health insurance won't always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight, but with Air Medcare Network, you are covered. For as little as $85 a year, your entire household will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. Uh, if you use promo code DAILY, that is D-A-I-L-Y, promo code DAILY, you will receive up to a $50 e-gift card back when you sign up today. You can do so at airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily. So sorry to interrupt. Keep going, guys. So, right. ju so just so you guys know. The caller has hung up. You have to wait 30 minutes. He can only be on for 30 minutes at a time. So he'll call back. We'll get another 30 minutes. And he's taking his only two hours that he has, he's taking his only two hours that he has with us, that he has outside of solitary confinement to talk to you. So hit the share button. He's taking all of his time. Oh. Oh, well, well, while you get that set up, he mentioned that when he did the <laughs> 60 Minutes interview, the judge used it against him. While we're waiting for him to get back up, I know he knows this. I want to show everyone what he's talking about. If we can put up my screen, Mr. Producer, if we put up my screen, this is part of the actual court order. Can we do it? Here we yeah. go. It says, it says, finally, defendant's plan to return to his mother's house would not mitigate his risk of flight. In his March 4th, 2021 interview at 60 Minutes, defendant's mother repeatedly stated that her son did nothing wrong on January 6th. The 60 Minutes interview citation. Instead, she said her son merely, quote, walked through open doors, end quote, and then, quote, was escorted into the Senate. Defendant's mother further stated that she believes defendant to be innocently sitting in a prison cell. The court is not persuaded that defendant's mother will ensure his compliance with any conditions of release imposed, and defendant's identity identifies no other custodian. So just so we're clear, the court literally said, we don't trust you to go home pending your trial because your mother says you're innocent. Just to, just to understand the extent to which all of these norms are being thrown out the window. You have every right to profess your innocence. Your family has every right to profess your innocence. But because his mother said that she believed he was innocent, 
the court didn't trust okay, bro. I'm putting you back her yeah, hold on. to serve as the custodian. So we're bringing him back on in a second. There's also another bit where the court said um, because of his interview where he said he was peaceful, that the court did not believe that he would uh, refrain from committing the same or similar actions again because of his interview. So that that's some of the things that he was just referring to. Um, okay, Jake should be there now. Jake, are you, do we have him? Jake, can you hear us now? They're putting him on. Give him one second. Yes, sir. And okay. sorry, everyone, we have to go through this process. Yeah. So, Jake, while you were getting reconnected, I read the parts from the actual court's order. The first part saying that they didn't trust you to go home because your mother had proclaimed that you were innocent and didn't trust her to supervise your your pretrial release. The other part that said they didn't trust that you wouldn't storm the Capitol again. And then there was a third bit just referring to you talking about how the court was going after your 60 Minutes interview. Um, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have this this cut, this clip, but. I was reading it and the court Violent. basically took you to task. You you would you and your lawyers have been arguing that you didn't have enough time with your lawyer and you can probably explain it better, but I was reading that the court actually said no, you had plenty of time with your lawyer because you used that time to go on 60 minutes. Is that how it happened? Well, look, I listen. Here here's where I'm at on this whole situation. And I'm sure many of your listeners, you know, because this is how I was introduced to the world or how I was introduced to the media and there's a lot of controversy I'm sure about the particulars and the details of all that stuff in all honesty you guys that does not matter okay it really doesn't okay the injustices of whatever it is that I'm enduring are at this point they're they're peripheral okay we need to marginalize that stuff and 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 realize that there's something bigger going on here and that what has happened to me and what has happened to many others not just me not just people that were there on january 6th but many 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 others prior to all of this stuff is uh, of far more paramount importance um for example um are you guys familiar with the name gary webb no Gary Webb. Okay. No. Now, okay. Gary Webb was a uh, journalist out of San Best Jose journalist. who yeah. came to discover that <laughs> the uh, United States government, that the CIA was trafficking large amounts of cocaine into the country during the Contra scandal, and that they were doing so okay. during the crack explosion that was going on in the United States. Okay. And when he broke this story in a San Jose newspaper, the media controversialized him. Controversialization is where they don't talk about what it is that you're talking about. They talk about you. They make you the story. And they made him the story, not the news that he broke to the American people. And they rose questions about whether or not he was trustworthy, whether or not he cheated on his wife, whether or not he was delusional or crazy or a believer in quote-unquote conspiracy theories. Okay? Uh, This man, unfortunately, died of two gunshot wounds to the head. And uh, it was ruled a quote-unquote suicide. Two gunshots. Okay? And this is all when he... Yes, two gunshot wounds. Okay? Um, Julian Assange. Now, look, I don't agree with the fact that he published a bunch of names of people that were helping us in Afghanistan. But the fact of the matter is that man was way ahead of the curve in understanding the money laundering machine that was going on over in Afghanistan through the use of the United States military. 
Okay, and when he published that information, it broadcast it to the world of what was actually going on there. Not just the the theft that is going on of our tax dollars, but also the, some of the war crimes that uh, that our high up generals were responsible for. Okay, and he is currently in a maximum security prison. And you know they say that uh, the uh, the process is the punishment. Well, he's going through that right now, and so am I. Okay, and so are many, many others. Okay, so uh, Donald Trump is another person who was controversialized. All of these people stood up against the corrupt bureaucracy. Okay, and the corrupt bureaucracy got this way and uh, through a very specific formula. Now, before I get into that formula, let me let me we we ended on JFK. Let me quote JFK for you, and you might understand just a little bit more why he was capped. Okay, JFK once said in a speech. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltrations instead of invasions, on subversions instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has comprised vast human and material resources to create a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, scientific, economic, intelligence, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No rumor is printed. No expenditure is questioned. No secret is revealed. Okay. Now, what JFK was talking about when he talked about that tightly knit, highly efficient machine is what Eisenhower talked about when he tried to warn us about the uh, unwarranted influence of the military-industrial complex, what we call the deep state, what we call the swamp. Okay. Now, it is this corrupt bureaucratic apparatus that uh, was, it was assembled through the corruption of elected officials, corrupted elected officials, then appointed corrupted unelected officials who ended up staying in power for far longer than the corrupt elected official that appointed them. And this is how the corrupt bureaucracy grew, okay, to high levels of corruption. And if you think about the idea of this process being replicated candidate after candidate on local levels, state levels, all the way up to the national and federal level, then you can see how the corruption within our system could grow exponentially when you have, say, a corrupt elected official like the president appointing, say, judges, appointing people to the bureaucracy like the EPA or to the FBI or to the CIA or whatever, okay? So now what's really important to understand is that the whole system is not corrupt, okay? It is just key portions within the system that are corrupt, okay? Controlled key portions within the system that are corrupt end up working together symbiotically to a much more corrupt uh, level than anybody could possibly imagine. It's almost like there is a corrupt government or a corrupt machine or a shadow government that is uh, really operating things behind the scenes. And we are seeing that now more than ever. To believe that this rotting bag of bones in the White House is actually somehow the one that is pulling the strings is laughable to say the least. Okay, there's the reason why he looks like that puppet, puppet from Jeff Dunham. Okay, it's because that's exactly what he is. He's just a mouthpiece. Okay, and there's a reason why everybody in his administration is the exact same administration pretty much from the Obama years. Didn't didn't we vote Trump in because we didn't like eight years of Obama? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, 
Yeah, we so wanted our country back. The point we, wanted I'm trying to be, make, we wanted to not be exactly, slaves anymore. Exactly. Right. Yes. And when, now, why, why are we economic slaves? Well, it's because the Federal uh, Reserve, which was installed in 1913 by a Democrat named Woodrow Wilson, okay, the Federal Reserve ends up empowering a very small handful of international bankers, in particular the Rothschilds, to basically bankroll our federal government with money at interest. So the government can never get out of debt. And if they're able to control the currency within the nation, then they can essentially control not just the government, not just their military, but also the entire economy, all the energy corporations, all of the food corporations, okay, all of the schools, all of the media. So that's why our current media might as well be the, uh, the Pravda freaking media from the Soviet Union, the state-sponsored media, because that's pretty much what they are. And, I mean, all we have to do to, to look at the formula when it comes to the media is see the way that they go after some people that are trying to expose the corruption and the way that they groom the, the people that uh, are peddling their BS to, for the American people. You know what I'm saying? Just look at all the press coverage that Obama and Michelle Obama got and the way they glorified these people to the public. And then all of a sudden, a far more attractive and a far more patriotic uh, first lady and president end up making their way in the White House. And there is not a day that goes by where they were denigrating the first lady and denigrating the president of the United yeah. States. Who, by the way, and, is an immigrant. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. And she knows. She knows uh, that America is, you know, the the best country in the world. You know, so uh, it, it's it's quite clear when you when, now look in in Sun Tzu, the art of war. He, Sun Tzu was talking about how do you recognize who your spies are and who's giving information to the enemy. And what he did was he said, oh, what you got to do is you take each and every person within your ranks, the high people up in your ranks, and you give each and every one of them a different piece of disinformation that is not in any way, shape, or form going to harm you. It's total BS. But if that piece of disinformation ends up making its way into the enemy camp, then you know who your spies are. You see, so it's almost like a die marker of a different color with each general or whatever. It's a rat trap. And whichever, yeah, exactly, exactly. So the idea is, is that if we look and we see, okay, what media outlets are pushing this Marxist, this American Marxist BS? What media outlets, what uh, politicians, what corporations are pushing, say, Black Lives Matter? What corporations are, say, supporting uh, Antifa? Or, or what, what um, politicians are, say, going after people like Kyle Rittenhouse? Or are saying that, that everybody that was uh, there on a certain day in January is a domestic terrorist? What, what politicians, what uh, corporations, what government entities are... Uh, and the media are pushing a certain narrative, and that is your die marker. Okay, if they're pushing a Marxist ideology like CRT or, or the uh, 1619 Project, boom, you know what schools are infiltrated. You know what media is infiltrated. You know which one is a spot, which basically is a spy for the enemy. Okay, because this whole process is called demoralization. Okay, look into Yuri Bezmenov. Okay, dude's an ex-KGB uh, operative that defected to the United States, and he was talking about the process of demoralization and the infiltration, like, like Kennedy said, the infiltration instead of invasion into our system, and how 
schools and the media would be used to demoralize the public to hate their country. And in the process, it would just take a single uh, generation to bring down the entirety of our nation from within. And he was saying, like, you could come to – once the process of demoralization is fully carried out, you could show people the truth. You could come to them with facts. You know, in black and white, you can show them pictures and say, no, this is what's going on, and they will not believe it because the cognitive dissonance that would come with accepting the truth is so profound and it's so emotionally and mentally painful that they would rather reject the truth and accept the lie. Okay, and that's what we're dealing with now is this process where this tightly knit, highly efficient machine is being used to demoralize our nation and bring us down from within. Okay, and if you think about it, what did Kennedy say? Infiltration instead of invasion. Well, we, we've seen that in the media, in the schools, in the government, shit, I mean, even the military. They're, putting, they're pushing CRT in the military. Okay, these vaccine mandates yeah. all over the country, schools, military, on the in the media, okay, in certain corporations, okay, infiltration instead of invasion, subversions instead of elections. Well, we all know what happened in 2020. Okay, we know that there was stuff with Zuckerberg and his money. We know the Mark Elias was going all over the country changing election laws under the guise of a quote unquote state of emergency. Okay, so we got infiltration instead of invasion, subversions instead of elections, intimidation instead of free choice. I mean, look at what was happening outside of the courthouse with Kyle Rittenhouse and the way that people were being intimidated and the, the juries or, or the judges or whatever, the way the media was going after people, the way they were going after Kyle Rittenhouse yeah. and his supporters. They were the way they were going after Donald Trump and his supporters, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, and guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. Well, if I'm not mistaken, all those BLM and Antifa riots, those were happening at night, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were. And remember what he said near the end there about how um, no, uh, no rumor is printed, so the media is complicit. No expenditure is questioned. Look at what happened in Afghanistan and the billions of dollars we spent in Afghanistan. Okay, no rumor is printed, no expenditure questioned, no secret is revealed. Okay, we're we're talking about highly classified operations here. Now, here's here's the other aspect to the deep state. Okay, and this is comes back full circle to this idea that it's not all corrupt. Okay, that there's a lot of good people in this system. But the thing is, is a lot of these good people they have signed non-disclosure agreements that were top secret contracts and stuff that say that if they blow the whistle, not only will they spend 20 years or so in prison. But they will also have all of their property seized. And guess what? Because the freaking uh, uh, Mockingbird media is what it is, their story is never going to get, get on the front page. They're exposing the truth. Isn't going to be like they're not going to be glorified like this quote unquote Facebook whistleblower. No, 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 no. These people will be buried. Their stories will be buried. They'll just end up, you know, ruining their lives, forfeiting all of their money, forfeiting their contracts, their their secret security clearances, and then ending up in prison for 20 years. So the, the level and the depth of the issue is far beyond what it is that I'm going through, okay? And if it took me going through this to get this message to the American people, then so be it, okay? I, this is part of the reason why I'm telling people to just read my book, okay? Because it's 150 pages of, of revealing what exactly is going on. And this type of level of understanding and information that I'm giving you now verbally is in the book in a much more concise and um, evenly laid out format. Well, Jake, I'll tell you, 
you are incredibly well spoken, and I, I, I still can't believe. I wonder what short bus you were on. You had, I would like to yeah, be on that yeah, short bus. Yeah, what short bus were you on? Because yeah. <laughs> I, 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 if, if this Look. is brain, if this is brain damage, like I don't want a healthy brain. Um, but you mentioned a while ago. You mentioned a while ago that you mentioned that they're accusing the January 6th protesters of domestic <clears throat> terrorism. And it's important to note that you have not been charged with domestic terrorism. No. I'm looking at no, the actual indictment sheet. No one has. You were, you were charged originally with civil disorder, obstructing an official proceeding, entering and remaining in a restricted building, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building, violent entry in a Capitol building, and then parading. Did you violently enter the Capitol? No. What See? happened? I look, look, you guys, here's the thing. Here's the thing. God love you. Don't want to talk about the case. Okay. All right. I know. I know. I, I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to talk about that. I, hey, I just, but Jake. You mentioned that they're calling you. They're calling people domestic terrorists. I want to make sure everyone knows that you were never charged with terrorism. And yet. Oh, no, no, no. I was never charged. Yeah. And no, we're not, was anybody yeah. else. And nobody else yeah. was charged with insurrection either. Yeah. If we put up image B1, the U.S. attorney uh, recommended that you have a significant sentence because um, they wanted to basically have deterrence for other criminal conduct. So I'm just going to read from it real quickly. A significant sentence is also needed to afford adequate deterrence to criminal conduct by others. The need to deter others is, is especially strong in cases involving domestic terrorism, which the breach of the Capitol certainly was. The demands of general deterrence weigh strongly in favor of incarceration, as they will for nearly every case arising out of the violent riot at the Capitol. The violence at the Capitol on January 6th was cultivated to interfere and did interfere with one of the most important democratic processes in this nation. You have never been charged with terrorism, and yet... They're at, they were advocating, U.S. attorney was advocating a significant sentence, calling you a terrorist and saying that everyone's going to be treated like a terrorist, even though no one's being charged like a terrorist. And then you get those 41 months. What is it like? Obviously, you know you're not a terrorist. You know that you weren't violent. What is it like to see the establishment that you just talked about being so incredibly corrupt coming down on you to make an example of you, as you said in the beginning, simply because probably because of what you were wearing that day? I mean, what, what is it like to have well, to fight this uphill battle because they want to make an example of you? This is what every single uh, um, great leader or great uh, um, um, you know, pioneer of sorts has had to go through, whether it be people like Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr. or Jesus Christ. Okay, we're talking about when you challenge a system that is so heavily corrupt, when you speak truth to power, okay, what it does is it sends ripples throughout the world, okay? And this is, this is part of the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm, while I am upset about what happened to me, you better believe it, at the same time, I'm doing all I can to be, first of all, uh, strong and courageous, you know, to wear the full armor of God, as it, uh, you know, as it says in the good book, okay, and to uh, not, uh, not to fear death while I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, to not fear evil. Okay, because we are battling principles and principalities, you know, in the heavenly realms here. This is spiritual warfare, gentlemen. And the fact of the matter is we are winning. Okay, the, the, the uh, people that oppress us, the people that are trying to, to steal our rights, 
are not doing so because they are strong, but because they are weak. They are not trying to to rob us of our liberties because they know they, they they're not trying to rob us of our liberties because they they think that uh, uh, they can take them you know from people that'll give them away willingly. They they're trying to rob us of our liberties because they know that we will never surrender them. They are trying to make an example out of people, and in the process, they are being made example of. You see, all those that seek to, to divide and conquer will themselves be divided and conquered. And what we are seeing with this cancel culture stuff, what we're seeing with the corruption in the government, what we are seeing with the way that they're trying to make examples out of people is they are showing the American people their true colors. Okay, so the way I look at it is that if I have to suffer for a couple of years so that the American people can see the truth of what's going on and it can wake everybody up, then show me where to sign. Okay, and, you know, uh, it's, it's not fair, but I can take it. And I, the way I look at it is I'm, I am whatever the country needs me to be. I am whatever the world needs me to be. Okay, that's part of the role of a shaman, you guys, is 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 to be the uh, to be the one that fights the spiritual war for the people, to be the one that shows the people the flaws within its system, within its culture, and helps them to repair those flaws. The the shaman is the visionary. The shaman is the one that understands and and lives in two worlds at once: the spirit world and the physical world. And you guys, I mean, if you gave me some time, I could talk to you about some spiritual stuff that would blow your freaking mind. You guys think I'm most spoken about politics? Just get me going on spiritual topics. Okay? The, 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 the shamanic role is one to uh, lift the veil for the culture, for the people, for the tribe, and show them the inner workings of not just their own culture, but of the way that uh, all this culture applies to the spirit world. So as far as I'm concerned, like I said, you know, I am whatever the country, whatever the world needs me to be. If that means I'm, I'm, uh, they make an example of me unfairly, and in the process, an example is made of them, then so be it. Well, I think that you've, I mean, as you step out, one thing that I notice about you is you have an amazing amount of calm. Like you're just calm. You're like, hey, it is what it is. I'm going to go through this process. It is a part of the journey. I understand it's a part of the journey. I'm not going to lose my my stuff over this i'm going to follow the process and appeal appeal make sure that my case goes under appeal but you you seem to have a very well kind of understanding of you know your situation right now yeah lots of prayer can do that to you <laughs> lots of meditation you know yeah. lots of study no, um, I also I'm a I'm a big fan of history, you guys, and this is one thing I think is really important. Okay, is that I think that if if people if people would learn to analyze and learn from history and realize that this is chess, this is chess, not checkers. We got to think strategically here. We have to learn to recognize and influence certain uh, critical points in history, certain historical windows of opportunity that will end up changing the trajectory of our civilization. Okay, and we have to uh, 
we have to think strategically and learn to use these windows of opportunity to our advantage. Imagine, for example, if if you looked at history and you said, you know, uh, what could have stopped Nazi Germany from happening? What could have stopped Soviet Russia from rising? Okay, what if a Jew in Nazi Germany did X, Y, and Z before the Nazis really gained power? How would that have changed the dynamic in Germany? How would it have woken people up, in particular all the Jewish people in Germany, to what was going to happen to them if, they, uh, if and when the Nazis took power? Okay, what if somebody in Soviet Russia, before it ever became Soviet Russia, was like, you know what, something's going on here. I think if we do X, Y, and Z, you know, then maybe we can change the course of history here. You know, this is the kind of thinking that we have to, to, to adapt, okay? We have to think the way that our enemies think, okay? It, all predators, all predators in, in, the, in the wild, they learn to think the way that their prey thinks, Okay, and that's what makes a good predator a good predator. You have to know the prey as well as they know themselves. Okay, so if you know the way that the deep state functions, if you know the way that these communists have created uh, revolutions and, and taken over nations in the past, if you know the way that these, uh, these Nazis infiltrate governments and, and, and you know their tactics of divide and conquer within nations through psychological warfare techniques and stuff, then you can actually uh, almost set a trap for them. And in the process of setting a trap for them, you know, uh, whatever that trap may be, uh, you know, uh, you, you got them right where you want them, you know. And I think a good example of uh, people really beginning to see what it's like to say being, ta being called a domestic terrorist and not actually being a domestic terrorist is when uh, the parents at school board meetings were called domestic terrorists. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. once again, we're talking about people that stand up against the corrupt bureaucracy. And now, interestingly enough, just like the way that the term white supremacist and racist is being used as a billy club against people, the words domestic terrorists are now being used as a billy club against people. But interestingly enough, because these people are using these terms over and over and over and over again, and more and more people are they painting with this brush of domestic terrorist, racist, white supremacist, people that are even of color. You know, <laughs> like, like how stupid do you have to be? They called the they called the dude running for freaking governor in California uh, the black face of white supremacy. They're they're calling yeah. Winsome Winsome Sears over here in Virginia a, a white supremacist. Okay, she's a Marine and, and a, a uh, Jamaican uh, um, immigrant. Okay, like, hold on a second. What's happening here? Well, what's happening is that these labels are, are being used far too liberally, as funny well, as that word is. They're hey, being used far too liberally, and it's, and it's ended up becoming redundant. So, so Jake, you should know this, but uh, so they, they came out, when I came out last year and started standing up for, for businesses when they were shutting them down, and wasn't doing any podcasts, wasn't doing any of that stuff. I was just a tech CEO. But when I when I um, stepped out, they came out with the he's a racist homophobe. And so the first person that put that out there was a news outlet in Colorado. And I just sent him a little letter that said, Hey, you, you probably should know your audience. If you don't take that down, I'm gonna sue you. I'm probably gonna sue you anyway, but you need to take that down. And uh, so they sent back this retract. We will not retract anything. And I was like, okay, well, I sent him a picture of my family. 
And I was like, well, my dad's black, my mom's white, my whole family's interracial. I don't know how you're going to get away with that one. So that's number one. Number two, my business partner of many years is a gay married Jewish father of two. And um, we are really close friends. So in about five minutes after that, they sent me a retraction letter. And about 15 minutes or five days later, I sent them a demand letter for cash. And they had to write me a check for (laughs) $38,000. They're like, we'll settle with you for $38,000. Good for you. Right? So, Good for you. So I like to seed lawsuits. I like to seed them. I don't, I don't like to sue people, but I like to sue people out of existence if I'm going to. And one of the things that they've been doing on this election integrity stuff is that the 3rd of November was the biggest fraud against the American people that's ever existed. It was the theft of the voice of the American people. The thing that should mean the most to every one of us, your voice. It's the thing that equalizes whether or not you're a slave. Because we already know 52 cents on every dollar goes to the government. That means the first six months out of the year, you work for free. That means, technically, slaves, actual slaves in this country, back in the early 1800s, made more and kept more of their wages than we do as Americans today. Your voice, you have one minute left. When they take it away from you, Jake, we're going to, I don't know if you can hang up and come back and I can finish this thought. Do you want to wait for me to finish yeah. this thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hang up and I'll call him back. One sec. All right. All right. The caller has hung up. So, so while he's while he's calling in, Joe, set that up, Mr. Producer. Put up my screen. These are the sentencing guidelines that he sent over to us. Yeah. Showing you just how severe of a sentencing guide sentencing they gave him, forty-one to fifty-one months. It's outside right of here. It. Yeah. Yeah, it is far outside, and I just want to explain what that means i'm no fan of mandatory minimums but when you look at different states around the country i want to i want to tell you a couple of different kinds of criminals that if they were arrested and and convicted at the same time as him would be out of jail before him yeah if they got the mandatory minimum it's not so someone in in some states you can assault an elderly blind person with a firearm get a mandatory minimum of three years they could be out before him so they're basically claiming that what he did was worse than assaulting someone who is elderly and blind and even mentally uh, defective at the same time. All three of them, mandatory minimum, three years. Possession of child pornography can be less than five years. Kidnapping. People who could be convicted of kidnapping. Kidnapping with a firearm could be out before he gets out. Sexual assault, people could be out before he gets out. And, and he's only supposed to be at the top. He was yeah. supposed to be in number four by, by points. Mm-hmm. Prostitutes will, will get out before him. Burglars will get out before him. People who commit manslaughter with a firearm will get out before him. I mean, I'm, I'm just going down the list. This is insanity. Possessing child pornography. In some states, it's a one-year minimum. Illegal possession of a firearm. In Connecticut, if you illegally possess an assault weapon, the thing that they say is the worst thing you could possibly do, it's a two-year mandatory minimum. All the things that you could do and potentially receive a lesser sentence than what Jake is receiving. 